Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Good morning, Eastridge. How are y'all? Great. Glad to see everybody. Glad you're here. Beautiful weather. Dare I say it? The Bulldogs won. <laughs> I know it's not nice if you don't like the Bulldogs. Forgive me. Okay. So glad you're here. We're in a series called Prove It, where uh, this is week four, where we've been talking about that. Um, we don't want to just say we're following Jesus. We want to actually follow him. And that uh, each week I've kind of just led off with this quote that I read years ago by Brendan Manning that said, uh, the single greatest cause of atheism in this world is Christians who honor Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him with their lifestyle. And this is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And so we've been setting out, studying the book of James. The whole book of James is a prove-it book, just wanting to prove uh, just different areas of our lives where we could prove our faith, uh, prove it to be true, prove that we're following Christ, be reminded of some areas where maybe we need to shore up, maybe we don't have it uh, together. And so we've just been walking through. And today uh, we're going to be talking about faith and deeds and uh, two things that are, that are paired together. A lot of times people think they're separate. And I, I just want to talk about some, uh, some pairs, things that, that go better in pairs. And so I'm going to say the beginning of a pair, and then you're going to tell me what goes with it. All right? You're going to say it out loud. Is everybody with me? You have to play. Everybody has to play. All right? Peanut butter and? Man, you guys are smart. They, you know what? They told me y'all wouldn't get that one, but I thought you would. So Mac and? Hamburger and? You know, it could go a lot of different. I'm a fry guy, so as you can tell by looking at me, bacon and anything. Yes, right, anything. Bacon and anything. Yes. Chips and it's also cake and ice cream. Okay. All right. Let's go through some people. All right, and we're going through some people. All right. Batman and Lone Ranger and Beyonce and hey, that was good. For some of y'all. Okay. Trump and I thought Pence, but it's okay. It is an election year, if you didn't know that. Okay. Biden and Harris. All right, what about this one right here? It goes sports. Falcons and Losers. You read my mind, people. You read my mind. All right, let's, let's, see, let's see if you're really good here. This is extra credit. This is Bible stuff, because this is church. Adam and y'all are good. Samson and Sodom and Martha and hey, I, that was a hard one. I'll tell you, that was good. All right, last one. Paul and Silas. Man, you guys, that's pretty good. If you didn't know any of those Bible things, then you're in a good place because uh, we're going to teach you some stuff today. I want to talk about faith and deeds. Uh, can faith without deeds save us? 
Now, this is an interesting question here, and, and, and James is going to talk about it, and when the scripture right here comes with it, he says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? And then he has this question, can that kind of faith save anybody? And we're going to leave that on the screen for just a second, and, and while it's up there and you're looking at it, I want to talk a little bit about how people are saved. You see, um, because we are a church, because we are a body, we, we have this belief that people can be saved, that no matter what you've done, no matter what your past is like, no matter your mistakes, that there's hope for you. Listen, there's hope for me. And you've heard me say, so I've got a pile of sins in my past. And, it, and even my not so recent past, I have mistakes and everything, but Christ has saved me. This is, this is the hope of the gospel that, that Jesus came. We just took communion together, that his body, his blood on the cross, paid the penalty for your sins and my sins. And so how is a person saved? Is it by believing? Is it by saying a prayer? Is it by coming forward? So we do all these things. Is it by being baptized? Is it by being good? Years ago, I, I went to someone in, in the churches had a, had a family member who passed away, and, and they asked me to come out there, and I went out there, and I was speaking with the family, and I said, did he have a church family? And I never forget what they said. They said, he didn't need one. He was good. And a lot of people certainly think that if you're just good, that's enough to save you. As a matter of fact, we have this, this belief, and, and I think it comes from country music, that uh, if we do more good things than bad things, we're going to be saved. You ever listen to country music? That's what it's all about. And I like country music. I'm not knocking it. But we kind of built this theology. And so, how is a person saved? And I want to walk you through this. I don't want to say quickly, because I don't want to assume anybody is saved. But how is a person saved? Like, if, if you were going to tell someone how they could be saved, would you say, hey, go pray a prayer? Or you just got to believe? Or you know what? You need to go forward and speak to Gary after the service. How's a person saved? Well, it's an acknowledgement of your need for Jesus Christ. That I need Jesus. That's the first thing. You get this place where in your life you go, I need Jesus. I'm messed up. I need Jesus. And, and look, that's what happened to me. And the, the Bible teaches us that this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, that He's working in our life. And we're, we're good at stuffing Him down and pushing Him away. But there's moments in our life where we just, we just go, this is it. I need Jesus. I want Jesus. And so you make the decision that you need Jesus. And then you make this decision that you're going to start following Jesus. The word follow Jesus means that He's the leader of your life. We use this, uh, this word that, that He's the Lord of our life, that, that He's the boss. And, and, and so I'm following Him. I'm trying to be like Him. I'm trying to be obedient to His Word and His teachings. And, and that's what it is to be saved, is, is that you're following Jesus. If you're following Jesus, then you're saved. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, we separate this whole thing about works. Because what can happen is you can start to think and believe that you have to do good works in order to be saved. Now, I know we're getting deep here right at the beginning, but I'm just going to share this with you. We don't do good works in order to be saved. We do good works because we are saved. Cameron just read the scripture, Ephesians 2, that, that, that we're saved by grace. But also, the, right after that, if you caught that, that God created us to do good works. They, they, the two things go together. Faith and deeds go together. 
And so here's what I love about the Bible. 2,000 years ago, they were struggling with this. Why do you think James writes this question? Why does he say this? What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? He's saying, what good is it to say a prayer, to have an experience, and for nothing else to change in your life? Can that kind of faith change you? I'm not saying you weren't sincere. Or that I wasn't sincere. And I, listen, I'm not the judge of who's saved and who's not. I'm just a pastor. I tell people this all the time when they ask me to do funerals. I said, I don't preach them in and I don't keep them out. I'll say what you want me to say, but I'm just, it doesn't really matter because I'm not the boss. And so James is addressing an issue that I think is prevalent the same today. Sometimes we just think, I believe, and that's enough. Well, faith without deeds is dead. I didn't say this, but James says it. Faith without deeds is dead. I want to look at the scripture right here. If you read it with me, it's a, a long uh, scripture right here, uh, a section. He says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have any good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now this is crazy, isn't it? He brings us out and he says, hey, faith without deeds is dead. You're not saved by, by doing. Now here's the truth about me. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I have to fight this all the time. I'm a doer. I'm always like thinking I'm not doing enough. This is what I'm, and I, I struggle with this, and, and I, just accepting God's grace. I have to remind myself that He loves me unconditionally. I know this is a counseling session I'm having with you. I realize that. But this is, this is, this is how I'm wired. It is. I, I'm a doer. But here's the truth I am not saved by anything I do. I just simply need to do because I'm saved. And James is talking about this whole correlation between faith and deeds. And he gives us this example, and it's really interesting. He says, suppose that you see a brother or sister and they don't have any food. And you just look at them and go, have a good day. Hope things work out for you. Now, James is not talking about enabling people, and he's not talking about uh, people's own personal responsibility. But uh, this picture is that a brother or sister comes in and they don't have anything. And you say you have faith, but you don't help them. As a matter of fact, in James' day, they, they had these festivals. And it was almost like tailgating where they would have these big festivals. And, people, and sometimes there would be Christians that showed up that didn't have anything. Have you ever had a moment where you didn't have anything? I'm going to tell you my hamburger story. I tell it about every three months, so you've probably heard it. I told you last week I didn't go to church. I didn't grow up going to church. I went with a friend of mine. My parents didn't go. Didn't, I mean, we went with some regularity with them, but my parents never went. 
And we were poor. I told you last week we were poor. Anyway, we went to church, and it was Sunday night church. And I went on Sunday night church because after uh, the little children's thing, that we got to go outside and we played football in the churchyard. And that's why I went. I love to play football. And we got there, and they said, hey, we're not having uh, the little children's thing tonight. We're going to go over here to, to Burger Chef. We're going to get something to eat. Man, I, I went to a panic. I knew I didn't have any money. And so we went over there, and we kind of got in and, and went over there, and, and I was standing there, and everybody was ordering, and I was just standing there. And then all of a sudden, one of the youth sponsors, his name is Wayne Johnson. I've told this story a million times. I could tell it, but it meant something to me. It still means something to me today. It was a moment in my life where I felt unconditional love. I felt like somebody cared for me. And he was so smooth. He sat down. He said, Gary, I got our food. And a hamburger. And too many times, we say we have faith. And again, I'm not talking about we can't give everybody hamburgers, but certainly our brothers and sisters in Christ, if we see a need, we could try to meet it. See, too many times we say, I'll pray for you. When you know what? They don't, they don't just need prayer. Maybe, maybe they need prayer, but, but that's kind of like a code term for Christians. And I'll pray for you when that's when we don't want to do anything to help them. You with me? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to watch TV. And James says that unless your faith is backed up by some sort of actions, it's dead. He says it's useless. You say, Gary, I believe. Gary, I believe. I'm telling you, I believe. He says, you believe? Guess what? The demons believe. Now that ought to scare us. He says, the demons believe and they tremble. And he says, faith without deeds is not only dead, but it's useless. Rich Mullins wrote a song years ago in the 80s. He's passed away now. But he wrote a song and he said, it's as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Faith without works, it just ain't happening. And again, we're not saved because we do good works. But there ought to be something that happens inside of us when we're saved that we want to do good works. Because believing, it's not enough. It's not enough just to believe. You, and I know you're going, Gary, but doesn't the John 3.16 say that, uh, you know what, for God so loved the world and He gave His only begotten Son to whosoever would believe in Him? It does say that. But I'm going to be call, I want to caution you by building your whole theology based on one scripture. The Bible is, consists of 66 books from Genesis to Revelation, and there's a lot more in there than one verse. And if you build your life on one verse, it can be really, really uh, dangerous. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I've used this before, but, but some people, when they read the Bible, they do the flip method. You know what I'm talking about? The flip method where you don't know where to read, and I'm going to flip it open and read it. You ever do that? And so you flip it open, and you go, I'm going to read this, and it says, Judas went out and hung himself. Well, that'd be tough to build a theology on that, wouldn't it? And so you read and you go, I don't want that one. So you go, I'm going to flip it again. You flip it again. It says, go and do likewise. You know, and so you have this theology. And so you have to be careful. Now, the Bible does say that whoever believes in him. As a matter of fact, Paul wrote that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But the intent of those verses weren't that you would believe something. 
and then go the rest of your life and nothing change in your life. No fruit, no deeds, nothing. Now we would think that was ludicrous, but again, a lot of times, that's how we live our lives. We feel like that this is kind of like what we call in church, what we call it fire insurance. I said a prayer, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to do whatever I want with the rest of my life. And I just want to show you that. If you read the Bible, show me that person. There's not a one. You go, what about the thief on the cross? I'll, I'll give you this one. If you're ever on a cross and you're about to be crucified and you're about to die and you accept Christ, I'll say it counts. That'd be the only time. And my whole point with the thief on the cross, Jesus wouldn't tell that guy, hey, you know what? If he were to come down, go do whatever you want to do. As a matter of fact, when you see Jesus full of grace, full of forgiveness, his intent all along was that we would follow him, that we would be like him, there would be something going on in our lives, that we were somehow supernaturally through the work of the Holy Spirit, through our obedience, through God's word, man, I'm becoming like Christ. There's fruit in my life. And so how does this work? Well, here's the truth. Faith and deeds work together. They're made together just like peanut butter and jelly, just like mac and cheese. Think about mac and cheese without the cheese. It's just mac. You know what I mean? It's not very good. Or think about... All the rest of them work. That, that's the only one that doesn't work. <laughs> I can eat all the rest of them. Sorry, y'all. Bacon and bacon? Yeah, I can do that. All illustrations break down at some point, people. But faith and deeds, they were made to go together. And James is going to give us examples of how this works. And he gives us these scriptures, giving us two examples on two total different extremes. He says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions. Now, it says that Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness, but what was going on behind that is that because he believed, it affected what he did. As a matter of fact, he believed in God. God came to him and said, hey, I'm going to make the father of many nations. Pack it up and move. I'll tell you where you're going when you get there. Guess what? Abraham didn't say, well, I believe. I'm going to stay here, though. I, I still believe. No, he said, okay, I'm going to go. As a matter of fact, God said, hey, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham and his wife were barren for years, gave him a son. God says, hey, I want you to offer your son. And this sounds crazy. This is crazy talk, I know. You know what Abraham said? Okay. Because Abraham not only believed that God gave him a son, he believed that God asked him to sacrifice a son, that God would raise his son from the dead. You read it in Hebrews. It's in there. He says, he was made right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions, they work together. That our faith and our actions, they, they work together. That we have to have some sort of fruit. There has to be something going on in our life besides just this thing that I believe. And if all you have is your belief, and I'm going to say this, I'm not in charge of this, I wonder if you're really saved. I wonder if that's all I were to have, if I'm really saved. That there has to be something going on there to where your faith is driving you to do things that you may not want to do, to give, to serve, to love, to forgive, to sacrifice. All the things that we may not want to do, to do that may not come naturally from our flesh because of our faith. Man, we'll do those things. 
And so he gives us this example of Abraham on one side. And he said, so it happened just as the Scripture said, Abraham believed God and it counted to him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Now James is driving a point, and I know I keep driving it, keep driving it, because this is an issue with us. A lot of times we can just simply think, hey, I'm good. I'm in a good place, I believe. Well, he gives us another example. we got Abraham, the, the, the man of faith, and now we have Rahab, the prostitute. James uses two people on totally two different spectrums. He says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions. When she hid the messengers and sent them safely on their way on a different road. Here's what was happening. They sent some spies. This is when the people of Israel way before Jesus and, and, and they were looking at the land. The people of Israel sent two spies out and they were scared for their life. Well, Abraham the prostitute hid them. And when they came to, I said Abraham the prostitute, Rahab the prostitute, that would be weird. <laughs> Abraham the prostitute, anyway, go. Rahab the prostitute, so she hid him, and then she sent him off this way, and then when they came to her and said, where'd the spies go? She told him to go that way. Well, anyway, she gets credit for this in the story when Israel conquers Jericho, she and her family are saved because of her actions. Because her faith, I know you're going, Gary, you're telling me that a prostitute got saved? Yes. She was saved. And if you read the, the, uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, she's listed in it. That Jesus, if you trace his family tree, it goes back to a prostitute. Yes. She is made right with God because of her faith and her actions working together. And that's how we're made right. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. James over and over again beating this thing, beating this thing, beating this thing. Several years ago, Scott, Pastor Scott and Trey and Brad, and myself and a couple other staffers went to uh, a church in South Carolina. Uh, they had brought in a bunch of pastors to speak and uh, it was $99 to hear some of the, the, the famous preachers of, of, of our time at that time. And, and Andy Stanley was there. And I'll never forget, he told this story that of when he was at his dad's church. He was working for his dad's church, his dad, Charles Stanley. And they had found out that day, that Sunday, that there was going to be a gay pride parade marching on the street right in front of their church. And so they got wind of this, and then they, they were nervous, didn't know what to do. So what they did is they, they cut church short so that their people wouldn't get tied up with all that and that they could go home and just get out of it. And he said, but what happened was is that they cut church short, and all the people went out to the road and watched. And he said, and never forget, he said, the, the gay pride thing was going to, he said, they had, we had our church out there, and we, you know, we've cut church short. We don't want to be part of this, but we're kind of watching what's going on. And he said, he looked across the street, and there was another church, a church that they had thought less of in some ways. The church that they thought maybe didn't have the right doctrine. 
as, as the church that his dad was at. And as the gay pride parade went down the street, that church was giving out waters. And I'll never forget when he said this. He said, that church made a difference. You and I had the opportunity to make a difference. But a difference is rarely made with faith alone. A difference is almost always made when faith and deeds work together. And I can't tell you how to do it. I can't tell you when, where. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But I can tell you this. There's people out there that need a hamburger. A kind word. Maybe you do pray with them. Maybe you invite them to church. Maybe you bring them with you. Maybe you befriend them. Therefore. But make no mistake about it. That our faith and our deeds, they work together. They're not separate. And so, faith without deeds is dead. So what do you do if you come to a place in your life and you realize, you know what? That's where I'm at. I said a prayer a long time ago and Nothing's really happened. Then maybe today, you just mean to make the decision, you know, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite Him into my life. Or maybe today you've done that. That you've been following Jesus, but you readily admit that the deed side of your life is lacking. You may have good intentions. You may have great faith. It just never plays out in anything. Then the answer is to repent. And the word repent just simply means I'm going to turn back to God. And let's just be honest. We don't always, you're never going to get this entirely right. Neither am I. There's going to be moments where you may have missed an opportunity. There may be moments where, man, you got it dead on but it's a work of just following and being like Jesus. But what I want to do is, I want to pray for you. Because in that quote where it says that we acknowledge Jesus with our lips and we deny Him with our life, and that's simply what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. The opposite of that is true. The one thing that an unbelieving world finds believable is when faith and deeds work together. When we do like Jesus did. When we care. So I'm going to be praying for the opportunities you have this week. And the opportunities I'll have for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's go make a difference. Let me pray for you. Father, Thank you for your word. Lord, you know every heart in here. Lord, 
Lord, I pray for the person here today that has never asked you into their life, never understood that you love them, that they can be saved, that, that everything they've done, their past, their present, their future, that there's hope. That you're a God who wipes clean our mistakes. And Lord, I pray for the person here today that maybe they prayed a prayer, they came forward years ago, but nothing changed. And may, may have meant well, but if they're honest today, they're, they're, they're not following you. Pray today they would realize today is the day they can. And then, Lord, I pray for the rest of us. That if we're just leaning on the faith and we don't have deeds or actions or works, that we would repent. We would turn back to you. We would try to follow you. So Lord, every heart, every person, I pray that you speak to. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you, we love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.